Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this book. Lord, thank you for everybody here. Lord, I pray that you touch everybody's heart here in a way that only you can. Lord, help our pastor. Lord, heal him up that we might see him next week. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter number 4. Kind of kick off right there. It's all about the heart. I'm talking with Brother Dale about that yesterday. It's all about the heart. Yeah. Decisions you're going to make are going to be happening in your heart. If you want to live for God, it's going to have, you have to make a heart decision. Like Daniel, we purposed in his heart. We've all heard that preached a hundred times. And it comes down to your heart what you're going to do. You can serve the God, you can serve God a little with just what you're, you don't have to get up here and preach. You can be a 40-year medical combat nurse and be just come out and just change a dressing for the pastor. Praise God we got that in the church. He, didn't, he can't get up here and preach. But you know what? He can go change that dressing. That's in his heart. God made it that way. Everybody can serve. Everybody's, God's got a place for you. Luke chapter 4 and in verse number 18. I'm not even there, but... It says in the spirit of the Lord in verse number 17, then there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. You know, if you know, if you read that in, excuse me, through Isaiah, then it starts off with after he stops right there. And then after that, it goes into the second advent where Christ is coming back. So he stops right there and he tells him, which is, which is great. If you go read your Bible and study that out, it's really cool. And look at this. And it says, and all bear witness, verse number 22, at the wonderful, all bear witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceedeth out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Remember, this is gracious words. And he said to them, ye will surely say unto me this proverb, physician, heal thyself, whatsoever have done, heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country, but I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and when great famine was throughout all the land. But none of them was Elias sent, save Sarepta, a city in Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers, many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. And look at this heart change right here. And all they were in the synagogue when they heard these words were filled with wrath. Boy, that was quick. That's five verses. Five verses. Man, you speak good, man. I hate you. And they're still gracious words. 
Let's turn over there. Second Kings chapter, and I said all that to say this, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet, saying, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. Turn over there to Second Kings chapter 5, and we'll just go through this. In Second Kings chapter 5, I see probably the word servant pop up, and I haven't looked at it, but probably the word servant pop up more than any other time. And sometimes these servants are good, and sometimes these servants are just not all the way committed, and you know, other ones are seeking after some things they shouldn't, shouldn't. But you know what I see? They're all servants. Some are doing little, some are doing a lot, and some are doing wrong, some are doing not. And in verse number one, we're talking about Naaman. Remember, Jesus mentioned Naaman. Now Naaman, captain of the host, the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. I mean, he had some skin problems. Skin or leprosy was also like a type of sin in the Bible, but this guy, he, I mean, he was a bad man. This guy would, wouldn't have a problem going up to David and his mighty men and saying, what? What do you want? Let's fight. I'll, I'll, I'll try it. He wouldn't have a problem. I mean, it says he was a mighty man. Naaman. In so much that Jesus reverenced him. And the Syrians had gone out, verse number two, by companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. You know, like this little maid. And I've made mention of her before, but you know what it says? It says she waited. That didn't mean that she just sat there. It meant she worked. It's what a waiter, waitress said it before. She waited on him. She'd probably, I don't know, she did the cooking. She did the cleaning. She did the washing. She just changed the garments, amen. She did some scrubbing. Maybe did the laundry, did whatever. You know, did the mopping. Praise the Lord for whoever mopped the church this morning. I came in this morning and it smelled good. It smelled like pine saw. I mean, you know, that smells clean. I like that smell. Clean. Amen. Just doing what you can. But you know what was in her heart? She wanted to see Naaman healed. She wanted to please Naaman's wife. Verse number 3. And she said unto her mistress, Would to God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him as of his leprosy. You know what? She knew that the, she knew a prophet of God. She went, no, that guy can help. And she was so trusted and so believed in this thing that verse number four, and one went in and told his Lord saying, thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel and the king of Syria said, go to go and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiments. I mean, that says a lot. That says a lot about a servant. That says a lot about this little maid. Just a little maid. She wasn't a big maid. She was a little maid. I'd like to point out that this story doesn't even exist without this little maid. 
It doesn't exist. And many stories don't exist without somebody's faith in God and what they're willing to do, what they're willing to say. I mean, she didn't complain about being a slave, a servant, a captive, as it said in verse number two. It's a tough place waiting on a leper's wife. A tough place. You know, like I said, I'm not sure all she had to do, but I know she waited and she worked. I see here that little people can get a lot done for God. Little people. It's when people start getting a little bit puffed up, like we was talking about, they start getting puffed up in their pride. As we're going to see as we read a little bit further down here with Naaman, that you're going to have to let that pride go and get it forgiven. Or you ain't going to do nothing for the Lord. But if you just stay little, you do great things. You just be little. I think of David and Goliath. They said, what? You're just a small little ruddy guy. What are you going to do? He goes, well, I killed a lion and I killed a bear. That guy's nothing. He said, Lord's going to deliver him into my hands. Just a little guy, least, youngest of all the brothers. Should have been the oldest brother went out there and did it. I think of the lad with the fishes. You ever think about that? Little lad, you know, we heard that preached a hundred times too. Little lad come up with his fishes and he, he didn't have much, but you know what? All that he had, he was able to give to the Lord. Five thousand get fed. And all that you, you know what I can only think of, Dennis, is how in the world is the, the kid the only one that had fish there? Five thousand men all show up hungry. One little kid shows up with a little bit of food and everybody takes the little kid's food. <laughs> little people can do more than sometimes big people. Don't ever forget that. Some of these times, as you read through further through this story, I mean, Elisha got the double portion. And sometimes people don't get it. But we ought to be training up some of these younger people. I like that lad. He was willing to give it all. You know what? He gave what he could. Might not have been much, but he gave what he could, and God, God used it. I think of Josiah when he was eight years old. He was a king. By the time he was 20, he took out all the high places, the groves, the carved images, the molten images. He cut them down. He broke them all in pieces. And he burnt the bones of the false gods, those priests, on their own altars. (laughs) My kind of guy. (laughs) That's pretty violent. Yep. But he did that when he was 20. Would to God we get some kids like that and some young adults that like that today that stand up for the Lord like that. Amen. We need some of that. You know what he did that when he was little? Did that when he was young. Second Kings chapter number five and verse number six. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the, le- read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. 
You know what? This king isn't like Josiah. He's not. He doesn't have the faith, and he doesn't even know God. He doesn't know God's power to make alive again. You know, there's lots of people like that. Need God in their life. Need that power to be made alive again. He's seeking a quarrel. You know, he rents his clothes and he's scared of the king of Syria. I mean, he's scared for his life. This guy take me captive. He's scared of the outcome. And he doesn't want this quarrel with him. And in verse number 8, And when it was so, when Elisha the man of God had heard the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. You know what? That's the best news he heard all day. (laughs) He said, Thank you, God. Send somebody that knows God over here to fix my problems. Send him... Send him to me that he will know that there's a prophet in Israel. I mean, I think old John Habman. John Habman, when he, when he go into people in different towns, I heard him tell Pastor Ken Congrove, my brother-in-law, he says, you know, brother, he goes, when I show up in town, he goes, I just let him know that there's a prophet in town. You know, and it is kind of, I mean, that being said, Jesus said that going into your own country. You're, you know, it's pretty easy going out there in other towns where they don't know you and just, just having fun with people and just witnessing them. They're like, who are you? Especially in Kansas, it, you know, it's just fun. They don't know, you know, it's fun just witnessing to people like that. But if they see you and you can spark something in people like that. And this prophet sparked that in this king. He says, you know, let him know that there's a prophet. And in verse number nine through twelve, we see it happen. And so Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Aban and Farper rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and he went away in a rage. And Naaman was wroth with this. You know why he was? Because he's a mighty man. He says, you know what? You ain't talk to me like that. Verse number one. Now Naaman was captain of the host of the king of Syria. was a great man with his man. He was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance, and he was also a mighty man in valor. Not only was he a great man, he was a mighty man. And you're going to tell me this thing? And I'm wroth with this. He's not expecting to be reverenced this way. You don't talk to me like that. Verse number 11, he thinks he knows God. Thinks he knows how this outcome is supposed to play out. But name was Roth and went away and said, Behold, I thought that we will surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name. Like, you don't even know God. How do you think you know what he's going to do? But people like that have this false expectation. 
know what? He doesn't like the answer. My ways are better. My rivers are better than their rivers. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Now you start saying that your ways are better than his ways. You know what you just did? I know I'm a God now. I'll, I'll, I'll be in charge over that. I will put God in his place like Sunday school. No, you ain't going to do that. He says, my rivers are better. Better than the Jordan? You know what the Jordan was? That's the river they crossed to get into the promised land. Your river ain't better than the Jordan. That's the river you're going to have to cross. You know what? Disobedience will cost you. Being, being wroth will cost you. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Look at verse number 13 and 14. It says, And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. You know, I like these servants. Can you see the servants just keep popping up as we're reading through here? Servants, servants, servants. They're not all bad. In fact, the worst, I don't even call them the worst one. It's probably the king of Israel. All the rest of them are pretty good as we read through this. Well, we got one more. I, I take that back. These servants, reverence in him is my father. You know who said that? Elijah. Elisha, when he was talking to Elijah, when he got taken up to the whirlwind, he says, my father, my father. That's that discipleship. And I'm going to learn from this guy because he's taking me through some stuff and he's showing me some stuff. These servants are following after Naaman because they're taking him through some stuff and showing him some stuff. And, and their heart, that's their heart. They're reverencing that. And they want the right thing for Naaman. I mean, that's good advice. Proverbs 15.1, I mean, he's in a rage. He's, he says, and he just went away and, and when he's wroth. And these guys calm him down. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. These were not grievous words. They were convincing words. Loving words. Edifying words. Gracious words. I'd like to point this out that he says, Obedience is a great thing. Look at this in verse number 13. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, 
You know, you might just see a great thing if you just obey God and His Word. Do the th- do things God way. Set aside your ways. Trust in His words, as it says over there in verse number 14, according to the saying of the man of God. You know what? You'll be clean. And Psalms 119.9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Just getting clean. Clean through those scriptures. And he gets clean out of obedience to what the man of God said. And he went and did it. And in verse number 15, this is a great verse. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. You know, when someone comes to finally know who God is, there ought to be a change of heart. And I never, I've honest, I've never really read through all this and, and really just seen how much Naaman got it. Naaman got it. For sake of time, we won't turn there, but in Luke chapter 17 and eleven nineteen, there's a story of ten lepers. Jesus heals ten lepers. I mean, Jesus heals this leper here, and Jesus heals those ten lepers. And how many came back? One. One. And Jesus says, "We're not there ten. Where are they at?" Look at old Naaman right here. <laughs> I love this. And he returned to the man of God, verse fifteen. He and all his company, all of them. They said, "Oh, we'll just wait here." No, you're not. We're going back to the man of God. Everybody is going back. Everybody's coming. We're all going back. I see that he confessed and believed. Now I know that there is no God in all Israel. Now I know where's he? Now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. And that's a confession. That's a heart change. You know that Bible says that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That's it. You confess the Lord Jesus with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That's salvation 101. He got saved. He didn't get saved. He didn't get saved, but you know what? He got God. He gets saved as, as we do, but but he got God. Now he's happy. Take a gift. Take a blessing of thy servant. Oh man, that's a heart change. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I'll tell you what, I bet old Naaman's cheerful. He's happy. That's a hard attitude, by the way. That's a hard attitude, by the way. That happens in your heart. 
He's humble. Don't miss this. Take a blessing of what? Thy servant. Oh, it's not all about me now. Not all about the rivers are better here. Don't you know who I am? I'm the mighty man here. It's not all about naming the mighty man in valor. It's not all about that I was the king, you know, I'm the king's servant and I've done all these miracles. I mean, not miracles, but won all these wars. It's not about that anymore. Change your heart. He asked for forgiveness in verse number 18 and a pardon knowing that Rimmon couldn't do, can't do it or heal him. And this thing, the Lord pardon thy servant that when my master goeth into the house of Rimmon to worship there and he leaned on my hand and I bow myself in the house of Rimmon, when I bow down myself in the house of Rimmon, the Lord pardon thy servant this thing. You know what? There's, there's repentance. There's asking for forgiveness of sins. Just like I did when I got saved. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, I believe in you and I confess to you, Lord, that you're God of all. And he saved me. You got the confession here. You got to ask for forgiveness of sins here in verse number 18. You got him wanting just to please God in the only way he can in verse number 17. He said, and since shall there not be, then I pray thee, give unto thy servant two mules, burden of the earth, for thy servant will henceforth offer burnt offerings, nor sacrifice unto other gods, but only unto the Lord. Man, I'm so happy. I just want to do something for the Lord, anything I can. And I'm just going to sacrifice these things to him. All right. All right. You want to serve? All right. That's fine. You can go do that. That's how you know Elisha wasn't a Baptist. Are you, have you been ordained for that? That's right. Amen. But you know what Elisha says? He says, go in peace. Verse number 19. And he said to him, go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. You know what? Naaman got God that day. He got it. He never forgot it. He thanked him every day. Changed his life. Changed his heart forever. And I'll tell you what, now I can see even more why Jesus mentioned this. Healing. He didn't just get his leprosy healed. He got it. He got healed. His heart got healed. He got right. He finally got to figure out who God was. Which I pray is all of our desire. As a servant. There's always the but. But Gehazi. Verse number 20. The servant of Elisha, the man of God. Said, behold, my master has spared name in this Syrian. And not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take someone to him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down in front of the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? 
It says, but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God. You know what that is? That's a title within a title. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy, I mean, he walked with Elisha. Walked with him. Knew about the double portion of the Spirit he got. Seen the miracles that he had done. Was this was his disciple, so to speak. Elijah's guy. But Gehazi ran to take someone. You know what was in his heart? Being rich. Looking good. And what he craved? End up cleaving to him. He was so much, so, this was so much in his heart that he, it, he followed after it in verse number 21. You know what? Careful making decisions. Quick decisions. Especially if you're going to follow after it. Careful what you follow. Careful what you take. We learned that in Sunday school. Careful what you take. And he took it. First Timothy chapter six, one through twelve is a great I'm gonna read it. First Timothy chapter six. It goes right with this passage. First Timothy chapter number six and verse number one it says Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words whereunto cometh envy, strife, and railings, and evil submersings. You know, you can tell a lot by a person's heart just by that right there. You find somebody that's always wanting to badmouth somebody, about, especially in the church, there you go. I didn't say it. That's what the God says. Perverse disputings of men, corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdrawal thyself. But godliness with contentment is great. Gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich, here it is, fall into the temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted and have erred from the faith, and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know what? That's what old Gehazi did. He just erred. Erred from the faith. Erred. I didn't even get into that. Verse number 22. Verse 2 Kings. And he said, All is... And he said, 
All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Behold, even now there come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two chains of garments. So here he's telling lies about the man of God. You know what's in his heart. You know what he does? He gets a talent. How, how many talents did he ask for? One. You know what he gets? In verse number 23, And Naaman said, Be content, take two. And be content, take two. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver and two bags and with two chains of garments and laid them upon his servants and they bare him before him. You know what Elisha got? Elisha asked for what? A double portion of spirit. You know what your he gets? He gets a double portion of the talents. Not to just Christmas present here, right here, but you know what he gets at the end of that thing? He gets a double portion of leprosy too. He's, that, the leprosy is going to cleave to him and his children. That's a double portion. These things are written for our learning. Verse number 24, And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go, and they departed. You know what? He took them. You know what? These weren't supposed to be his. He took them. They weren't offered to him. Verse number 25, And when he, when he went in and stood before his master, and Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went nowhere. And I can't imagine the look on his face. And I was thinking about this. I mean, the look on his face, was it just like this when you got your hand stuck in the cookie jar? You know what I mean? Where'd you go? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> or was it that of Judas? Or nobody knew. Or he'd been faking it so long that you couldn't even tell if he was faking spirituality. And I don't have time. I mean, there's Gehazi's got a whole lesson, and I got. I'd like to get to somewhere else with this message on another part, but I tend to lean towards Judas. Verse number twenty-six, and he said to him, "Went not mine heart with thee, when the man turned again to his chariot to meet thee? Is it time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants?" I like that. He says, went not mine heart with thee. You know, didn't I, he's saying, didn't I, didn't I teach you better? Didn't I show you some things better? Have you not seen some of the miracles we've done and how God's worked in our life? And I was talking with this Aaron before and I, he rode with me for years to working back. He never could get off alcohol. And I tried to tell him, teaching this and that, and we helped him many times. When cleaned his house, it was the most disgusting house I've ever cleaned in my life, just because of alcohol. And you know what? He ended up dying. <clears throat> he died because he wouldn't give it up that alcohol. Died. I still got all his texts bottom of my phone. I haven't deleted them yet. And every time I read that verse, would not mine heart with thee? It just, I think of him. And he was a great guy. Great guy. But it happens. You know, I have to imagine that Elisha and Gehazi had conversations about what he left behind to be the servant to Elijah. 
really quick, turn over there and we'll, we'll be done with this. I'll kind of wrap it up right here. First Kings 19. You know what Elisha had? Elisha was rich. Elisha grew up in a good home. He did. First Kings 19 and verse number 19. So he de- this is the call of Elisha. Elijah is going to meet Elisha to call him into the ministry as God told him to do. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow thee. And he said to them, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave them to the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. You know what? He's just plowing with those 12. You don't have 12 yoke of oxen unless you've got some money <laughs> back in those days. I mean, 12 yoke oxen, I got like, I mean, I got a pretty good amount of money too, but I only got like eight cows. Now, if you got 12, that's, that's over $12,000. That's a lot of money back then. That's a lot of money in these days. So he's rich. But you know what? In verse number 20, he's willing to leave it all behind. And for lack of a better saying, we could just say how the Bible says it. And he said, and he left the auction and ran after and kissed and ran after Elijah and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my mother and father goodbye. And then I will follow thee. You know what? If you're ever just going to have to follow God, get that deeper relationship with him. You're going to have to kiss some things goodbye. Yeah. No, Gehazi just wasn't willing to do that. Mark chapter 118 says, And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. This was the beginning of the things and the experience that Elisha went through before he was asking of a double portion of spirit. He was willing to let all that stuff go. Jesus said in Luke 9.23, He says, And he said to them all, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You willing to do that today? Just be a servant. Just get closer with the Lord. And Gehazi wasn't. And he gets that double portion of leprosy. You know, in closing, brother, brother Dale. You know what? I don't want to. I don't want that. I'd rather just serve God. I'd rather just be able to leave some things behind. Matthew 6, 4 says you can't serve God and mammon. So you're going to cleave to one or you're going to cleave to the other. You know, I'd rather serve others while serving God, just like that little maid, the servant of Naaman's wife no matter what your circumstances might be, just planting seeds of hope. Try not to get worked over, worked up over things I have no control over. 
like the King Israel did. Encourage others to do what God says like Naaman's servant. Be excited about knowing what God, who God is like Naaman. Verse number 15. And learn from Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. Careful what you take and you run after and follow. What you crave might just end up cleaving to you. Be more like Elisha, the servant of God. And have a heart for the things of God. Be faithful and serve God. And serve one another. Brother Mike.